0: You're listening to Common Ground YYC, a podcast dedicated to long-form, in-depth conversations with Alberta's most dynamic personalities, thinkers, newsmakers, and all-around mover and shakers. Your hosts are Sylvia Pical and Darren Krauss. Welcome to this edition of the Common Ground YYC podcast. I'm your co-host, Sylvia Pical from New Forum Magazine, newformmagazine.com. And my co-host is Darren Krause.
1: Hello. So who have we got this month, Sylvia?
0: We are talking to Mark Asberg, the CEO of the Calgary Library, and he's sharing his thoughts on his new role, his previous role with the library before he took over as CEO, his vision for what libraries should be to a city and what they should be to its citizens, and gives us some insight on how Calgarians use the library. Mark, uh, tell us about yourself and how you came to the library.
2: Sure, so um, I have been a librarian for my entire career, I would say, and my entire professional career, um, and I started off as a special librarian actually, and, and that's a sort of industry term that means I worked in uh, uh, specialized libraries like law libraries and healthcare libraries and things like that, and I came to work at Calgary Public Libraries a few months after Bill Patask uh, came on board here here in Calgary. Um, So I joined back in 2014, and my role back then was Director of Service Delivery, and so that meant I oversaw the operations in all the libraries across the system. A very exciting role, I got to sort of dabble in every possible aspect of the library and all the partnerships that we're involved in. Um, And uh, that just blossomed into, I just uh, love public libraries. And um, one of the things you realize as a librarian when you work in different types of library settings, is that you love making a difference in the world. And that's why people work in libraries, and that's why they're so passionate about it. But when you get to the public library setting, you suddenly realize this is the biggest canvas on which you could possibly work, because the public library has something for everybody, no matter sort of where you come from uh, to the library. And so that is why I'm so passionate about libraries and just love working here every day.
0: Uh, to expand on that, why are libraries so important?
2: Sure. So libraries have been around a really long time and there's lots of good reasons for that. But the biggest reason is is that libraries, while they are resilient, they are completely open to changing on an ongoing basis. So I often say that libraries are change. That is what defines them. Because they can't stay relevant to the communities that support them unless they are constantly changing. And I think that's what libraries have done so successfully over time. And so libraries are so important um, precisely because they respond to the needs of the community around them. And uh, so, so in libraries, we would find that, you know, we just walked through the library. And what we saw was people from every demographic and every walk of life and every age group in the library doing completely different things. But at the same time, everybody was finding some value in the library. And that makes it just such a magical place, such a magical piece of social infrastructure that is not replicated anywhere else in our society that I can think of.
1: How has that evolved in the time that, that you've been with the Calgary Public Library? I mean, o- obviously it's no longer just about books, it's about so many different things. I mean, you, you, you and I have talked about it before, some of the services that people are coming here for that they don't otherwise have access to. How has that evolved over the past, I guess it's now seven, eight years that you've been here. Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot, right? So so I think the one way to look at that is around the physical
2: setting of the library. So people have a lot of very traditional views about what a traditional library looks like. And so you walk into it, it's sort of a hallowed space filled with books, lots of stacks, tends to be quite quiet. That's people's sort of traditional view of the library. And to some extent, th- that is still true of many libraries that we, we encounter around the world. Um, but certainly over the past five years, there's been a, a, a real Um, concerted and focused effort to change the physical space of the library to to meet the different kinds of needs that people have in our spaces. So there has been a um, uh, less less focus on, on creating those sort of storage areas for large quantities of books. We still have many many books (laughs) Um, and we actually have a a, a collection that's circulating better than it ever has but we've also opened up spaces for uh different community uses and for uses of technology and that's um those two areas are really important to our to our members because they don't um they don't only come to to the library for books they certainly do still but not only books but also to connect with technology to connect with community to connect with each other to connect with different kinds of resources from our partners and all of that requires us to think of our space in different ways so that it's more flexible um, and responds to the different needs that people come to the library with.
1: Uh, I just want to ask before we go any further, were books always a thing for you, like even as a kid growing up, did you did you read a lot, did you, mm. were you invested in the library at your <laughs> elementary school kind of thing? Oh, I would say so, yeah, I always found the library to be this kind of
2: magical place that I could go to. Um, it was always a place where I felt very safe and welcome. Um, and I was a bit of a contemplative kind of kid, and so it was a place where I felt um, uh, uh, that suited my personality in a way that some of the more sort of high-energy spaces didn't at the time. At the same time, um, I always saw the library as a place of fun and wonder and discovery and curiosity. So so it was a place of high energy, but in a different kind of way. And so, um, and it was also a place, I remember in high school in particular, where I could connect with people in a very comfortable environment. Lots of chatting goes on in libraries. <laughs> and that's a wonderful thing because, you know, as I said before, we we want to connect people, yes, with information and resources, but with each other primarily because this is such a a profoundly community-oriented space.
0: You oversaw a lot of um, programs and outreach when you were in your role as the um, Director of Service Delivery. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell me about some of these programs that you think maybe are a really significant way that Calgarians are using the library services?
2: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, when we talk about the programming of the library, it's really extensive. So uh, people are often surprised at just the sheer number of programs and outreach that we deliver in any given year. And last year it was over 25,000 programs attended by over half a million people. Like these are, you know, the uh, one of the things uh, that I, I was... I'm currently reading the um, Palaces for the People, uh, the book by Breyer Kleinberg. Kleinberg. And one of the things he says is that people don't recognize that the the sheer number of people that use libraries and Mm -hmm. the the diversity of ways in which they use libraries. And that's definitely represented in our programs. When I first came to the library, I realized that um, uh, I, as a special librarian, I pro- primarily been focused on uh, providing services to professionals like healthcare professionals and legal professionals. And so I didn't have a lot of street credibility, shall so we say, <laughs> in the public library field. So one of the things I made sure I did is I, I really got involved in one of our um, one of our new programs, which was the Integrated School Support Program, where we're actually in um, in a school in the Forest Lawn area every day after school, working with the Y, providing after school programming. And um, you know, this kind of rich programming just makes such a, a huge difference in families' lives. Cause that you know that ability for the kids to stay at school a little longer was really helpful to mom and dad who are working and then weren't able to pick up their kids at a particular time. It's also made the the school feel like a safer and more fun place for the kids. This was also in conjunction, I, I mentioned the why, but also with Calgary Police Services. So the so the police were there providing that sort of um, a, a different view of, of police as, as friendly and approachable and safe and and, and all of those things. So um, so, so the richness of our programs goes uh, is is pretty extraordinary in terms of the the, the uh, level of impact that it can have. We also do sort of much more sort of mass programs as well. So that's a, an example of where we make a really big impact on us on a, perhaps a smaller number of people who who really need the library the most. But in terms of some of our other programming, like you will find. Uh, family story times in every single location and every week every week across the system and those are attended by literally thousands of people in any given year um so uh, so it's pretty extraordinary the, the uh the um the, the sort of diversity of offerings and, and the kinds of different impacts we have certainly in the library one one of the things that i um i, I I, I'm most proud of is the fact that the library, with a pretty you know, modest investment, shall <laughs> so we say, um, has, uh, reaches so many people with over 700,000 members. It's pretty,
1: it's pretty extraordinary. Now you mentioned, I mean, you, you brought it up. It's one of our questions. Um, you, you've worked in the library for, for some time. Now, aside from that reach that you just spoke of, is there any one particular program or, or any particular service that you have delivered that you're most proud of?
2: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's there's lots. So I think that's a, that's a good example. I, I really like the example of the integrated school support program because that did get us working with partners in different mm-hmm. ways. Um, it got us sort of engaged in the community in a, in a more high impact way that was a little bit out of our comfort zone, um, and that sort of taught us a lot about delivering that kind of kind of programming. And we learned a lot from the Y. We learned a lot from the police. So so I think that's a good example of how we innovate and, and work with partners and sort of open our doors and our minds to different kinds of, of programs. Um, there's a couple other things. That I think we've done over the past five years that have been really interesting. One is the reintroduction of, uh, of um, what used to be called bookmobile services, but we now call it book trucks. So making sure that we actually are reaching areas of the city that don't necessarily have library service, or going to schools um, on a regular basis to connect with students and with, with teachers as well. Um, but that actually morphed into another program, um, uh, which uh, was specifically a mobile um, a, a mobile library that reaches out to day. And so this is a bit of a uh, sort of a nut we were trying to crack for a while. Is how can we reach day homes? Day homes are often in people's homes, so it's not really you know we're not going to be going into people's homes and delivering programs. At the same time, this is really important service. Day homes are very important to our community, um, and so what we did is we built an actual vehicle that goes to the home, and then the kids come onto the vehicle, and the programming is basically delivered in a library, mobile library space. Um, and, and that program has been really remarkable it's just how the uptake of that. Um, it didn't take long for us to be, uh, to, to, to be in a place where it was no longer difficult for us to find day homes to go to because they were reaching out to us. Uh, the kids are just so excited when we drive up and we get, we're getting kids connected to the library who may, who may be living in more isolated communities who aren't connected to the library at that point. We know that if we can get kids connected to books and reading and ideas um, and connecting all of those things before the age of three or four, that they're going to be more successful in school. The evidence already shows that. So, so th- these efforts are,
1: are very meaningful in our community. So let's, <laughs> let's jump to um, your where you are today. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted to know is that you know, when you interview to become an executive, oftentimes you are asked to share your vision, whether that's a 90-day vision, a 100-day vision. Did you have something like that, what you wanted to accomplish in the first three, four months on the job that that maybe needed uh, immediate attention? And if so, can you share that?
2: Sure. That's a uh, that's a strong question, so as I, as I move, uh, look back at the uh, interview and what I said in that interview. Um, uh, so, uh, so I would say that there was a particular moment in time uh, that uh, um, th- there was a lot of budget uncertainty last year, so that was certainly a topic that, you know, uh, uh, th- there was, that was in the air, so it could not be addressed, right? So, so, so it's, there's something about, um, uh, c- certainly one of the things that I was talking about was how do we get through this particular time? You know, the advocacy efforts that we need to undertake, the, uh, um, the, uh, the, the sort of just, strict, you know, budget management exercises that we need to go through in, in the next little while, and then charting a course forward beyond that. Um, at the same time, uh, we never want to lose the vision of the library in that sort of moment, right? Um, uh, there, we have an amazing strategic plan here at the library that was introduced over a year ago now, it's our four-year strategic plan, which talks about the library as um, the vision of the library as potentials realized. So um, that the library is here to help everyone, no matter where they may be in their life, to realize their potential. Um, and, and there are so many different contributions that the libraries make to, 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 to people's lives that we truly believe that there is something in the library for everyone to help them um, move, move forward with their life in a positive way and one of the key messages that comes out of that is that the library is an economic driver in our community because we help people participate in the economy we help them be successful in school so that they will go on to uh to to more successful lives we help them be successful to connect with their community as well so all of those messages sort of um, taking the library forward Uh, with the idea of potentials realized was was really where my mind was at at that moment. How do we keep building on this really powerful vision that the library has to help people realize their potential? And so that was was my focus very much.
0: Can you expand on how um, Calgarians are using the library? So we've heard from you that we have a lot of um, programs in schools and Mm -hmm. that people are um, participating in the library in a lot of different ways. So there's programs for... um, writing cover letters and mm-hmm. helping people get ready for job interviews. So can you just expand a little more on kind of the range of services that you'll find and how Calgarians are using the libraries?
2: For sure so and i think there's there's sort of formal ways that the people use the library and i think that you've given a couple of good examples if we have um programs that are often delivered with our partners because we're not the experts in everything right we do um, not necessarily the the expert in in how to you know best search for a job in a certain industry mm-hmm. that sort of thing but we work with partners to bring them in so i think that um uh, that is a, a really powerful way that people use the library is to connect with other partners other resources in our community because the library is very much a platform for everyone from which they can sort of launch their most successful their most successful self I actually find it really interesting as well how people informally use the library as a place of, of refuge and safety, but also as a place um, to sort of recharge, uh, to to explore their wonder and their curiosity, and, and then to embark on, on sort of new adventures. And, and um, we, we certainly do hear stories um, uh, anecdotally from, from patrons about this, that they've, they've come to the library perhaps at difficult moments in their life. And it's been um, uh, all of those things that I just said, a place of refuge, a place of safety a place to sort of regroup and rethink uh, their life and but also a place that is rich with resources and rich with possibilities and and those are exactly the moments in our life where we may find a new direction and 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 I think that the library um, is most inspiring for me in those stories that uh, people really do sort of launch into a, a new life through the library.
0: You've mentioned there's been lots of learnings from partners that the library has worked with um, can you expand a little more on that, like some of the most significant learnings that um, you think that have resulted from that? And also mm-hmm. maybe just some, what would you say are the most significant learnings that you ha- yourself have um, learned from being in this role?
2: Sure. So I think um, uh, one thing that we've learned a lot about so uh, is around how we deliver our programming. <clears throat> and uh, sort of the the twenty first century pedagogical theories that inform the most successful way of of helping people to learn and and there's a bit of a tradition in libraries where we we've traditionally delivered programs from a from a perspective of there's somebody sort of um We'll just use the expression of the sage on the stage. There's so somebody. So somebody on stage who has something to say, and, and, and other people are listening and absorbing. And, and and this is really no different than perhaps you know many of us when we went to school. This is what it looked like. But now you know the theories are, have changed, right? And and what's what's really um, more interesting uh, right now and more energizing for students and lifelong learners in general is to um, to uh, to engage people at their own level of curiosity what they're interested in and use that as a starting point and so no longer being the sage on the stage, but the guide on the side mm-hmm. so working with people to explore the uh, the route of learning that is most suitable for them and so so our programming has changed a lot in that respect so that we're no longer going in to uh, sort of deliver a presentation but rather to engage with people um, and you know particularly students because I think we learn this mostly from our work uh, with with teachers, with the school board, um, with our own design team where uh, we built a new service design department that included teachers and people from museums and other sorts of areas. So so we've been learning from, from other related industries about how we can be more successful in this kind of work. Um, I think for me that is the lesson And, and that's the most important thing for me is to be very sort of humble and curious and wondering about how we can do better. And that always opens conversations with partners that lead you into spaces where it's like, oh. We never thought of that <laughs> you know there's a long tradition of librarianship um uh and as i said libraries have always changed but i mean we need to keep pushing ourselves all the time to keep changing them and, and the best way to do that is by, by looking at best and leading practices in other industries that uh, that can inform
1: what we do so bill Potasek obviously had a huge impact on the library here can you talk about the influence he's had on you um in your time here with the calgary public library I can, yeah. So I, I,
2: you know, I worked with Bill very closely for five years. He hired me into this role um, from, a, from frankly, in librarianship, a quite a different industry. You know, I, I take a couple of things from, from his tutelage. Number one is just the energy and the positivity that he brought to the, to the job every day, that this was fun, um, that, that uh, there's nothing better in the world that we could possibly be doing, you know, that we're changing the world every day. And that's that's, that's wonderful. Um, and I think the, the second lesson from Bill is that uh, just do something (laughs) you know and i know that's that's simple and it's uh, you know it perhaps sounds a bit pejorative but you know his literally his motto was let's do stuff right and you know not everything's going to work and that's okay but at least we've tried something and nine times out of ten you're going to learn something from even things that don't work out quite right and then you're going to be more successful as you go forward and there is also um the 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 most uh, profound lesson I took from that is that as soon as you have some of those early successes by doing stuff um, it just builds the motivation and the energy around you and it builds not only internally not only within yourself not only within your organization but within the city within the, the you know the partners that you're working with and suddenly you know people are knocking on your door instead of you having to knock on other people's doors because there's something about that energy of those accomplishments and the, and the profile that comes with it. So. It's a good lesson for anybody yeah for sure yeah absolutely
0: what was the pivot like for you from director of service delivery to ceo
2: you know it's uh i i had the gift of having um a lot of organizational knowledge because my my previous role was very operational so i sort of you know i knew lots of people and i knew lots of partners and i knew lots of processes so so you know i had that that particular you know gift given to me because of my past couple of years of experience it is a very different perspective on the organization for sure so I, I think that uh, um, that that pivot from one role to another and this is not just from my last role to this role but from my previous role to my last role is that um, that move from where you're doing all sorts of things yourself to to a role where, where you're you know your your job is to ensure that it's being done through the efforts of, of, of wonderful other people who are very talented and, and are looking to exercise their talents in, in all of these different ways. I think the other uh, aspect that's changed is that, and has been a bit of a learning, but you know a joyful learning is, is about you know, doing you know things like this, right? Being the person who speaks on behalf of the library and and, and uh, has all these wonderful opportunities to go out to community. And m- one of my favorite things in the world is to to go to an event and welcome everyone to the library. Like, what an what an honor and and what a joy that is every single time because there is so much love for the library and it's just uh, it's a wonderful thing to do. So,
1: when you and I last spoke uh, a few weeks back, when we were talking about the. The influx of people from all over the city into the Central Library. In some of the, the discussions I had with people out in the communities, they had mentioned that they love the Central Library, but they loved their neighborhood library as well. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, about the direction the Calgary Public Library is going when it comes to fostering that neighborhood connection with libraries?
2: Mm-hmm. So. Uh the you know there is no library in the system that is less important than any other library they 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 are so meaningful for for the uh, um, for the people who use their you use those libraries. It's it's really extraordinary. You can walk into any single one of our libraries and you'll have a very similar experience to what you have here at Central Library. And my comparison is Sage Hill Library, our little starter library up in Sage Hill, and this library. This library is literally 100 times bigger than that library. <laughs> but when you walk into Sage Hill Library, you will see um, people from all walks of life and all age groups using that library for different purposes, and all of them finding value in the, in, in in that same moment. And Does really, it doesn't have the same architecture. <laughs> Not quite the same architecture. It's a square box on a, on, <laughs> in a retail space, but it has a, a lovely little children's area, lovely seating for 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 studying and connecting with other people, a program room that's used all the time, um, collections to browse, technology-rich, all of those wonderful things. Of course. Central Library can do a million things that other libraries aren't able to do just because of the extraordinary infrastructure and beauty and and the design of this building. Of course that's true. Um, But one of the things on the lead up to Central Library is people often think that Um, we did all this stuff at Central Library and now we've learned how to do it at our other libraries and it's actually been the opposite is what we what we've largely done over the past five years is we've renovated every single library and what we did is we we were trying um, and piloting uh, um, elements in all of those libraries that were going to actually be part of this library because we wanted to test them and make them work and we we never wanted uh, it to be the case that somehow building this you know one of the most extraordinary libraries in the world would be alienating for the rest of this community that doesn't Makes sense. We operate as a system, and and central library feeds the system, and the system definitely feeds central library. So uh, we are very committed to that 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 experience um, in every single library that we have, um, and uh, and I think you know we have done a um, a really good job in that because some of our libraries, when people come to visit central library, and this happens over and over again. Uh, and they come from all over the world, from Korea and the United States and everywhere. They're coming for, for tours of this library because they want to learn what we have done here. As we're doing the tour, we're talking about oh, when we, w- this element we first tested in this library. And then we mention our Rocky Ridge Library, which is a, um, a, a much more open concept library and a recreation center. Um, and, and suddenly they want to see all our all of our branch libraries at the same time. And so so I often say that people come for Central Library, but they stay for our other libraries as well. When you go to some other cities in North America, it is, uh, it, it is a bit saddening sometimes because some of the uh, libraries in, in farther reaches of various cities are crumbling to some extent, and that is not true of our city. We've done a really good job of maintaining our, our libraries across the city, and our attendance in our libraries as a system is up. So we had, I believe, the official number is over seven and a half million visits to our system as a whole last year, which is the, the biggest number we've ever had.
1: And that is not just because of Central Library. That is um, across the system that these numbers are growing. If I could just latch on to that, you, you hit on something. I mean, we've, we've invested in our libraries. Um, we've done a really good job of, of keeping them current, of keeping them uh, relevant to, to our communities. Obviously, the city has budget challenges. Mm-hmm. How will that play out, do you think, for the Calgary Public Library?
2: sure and and we certainly recognize the the environment that that we live in and we're certainly not alone in this as well we understand that that uh, um, many of our partners and city departments and uh, you, you know we're all sort of in, in the same same boat right now libraries have a really strong tradition of um, and uh, they've been around a long time as I've said and they they, they have a really strong tradition of weathering these times uh, of making smart decisions um, when we you know if we need to contract a little bit for instance like we did last year because we did we did have a budget cut mid-year, which was unexpected and uh, and unusual, and so uh, we we did find ways to uh, uh, to, to manage that and to uh, to um, you know sort of continue to propel ourselves forward by focusing on um, the, the vision that we have as a library system by not allowing that to stop us by allowing that to be um, a moment for us to innovate and think about how we can do things differently. Of course, I would always advocate for for, <laughs> for greater investment in public libraries. I think the return on investment is extraordinary. I think that um, I also know, I mean, the facts bear this out, that in, in Calgary, our per capita investment in libraries um, is actually lower than other cities in Canada. Um, and and that is, for me, a badge of pride that we have such an extraordinary system and that we do it in, in, a, in an economical way, that, that that really points to the, uh, a very strong return on investment for this community. So um, uh, do I think we could do more with more? Of course we could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly respect the the, 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 um, the sort of overall environment that, that we exist in and,
1: and uh, we will continue to, to, to make smart decisions within that. I, I noticed first of all that you call it the central library mm-hmm. as opposed to everybody still calls it the new central library. Ah, it's a central. <laughs> um, it obviously came with, with much fanfare, and I mean, it has so many accolades. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to ask you about some of the, the challenges. When you do an infrastructure project this big, yeah. um, there are going to be some challenges that come with, uh, come with that, one of which is accessibility. You know, mm-hmm. there were some accessibility issues. Mm-hmm. Can you sort of touch on how some of these issues have been addressed, um, if they have been at oh. all? Absolutely. So we, we,
2: and this isn't, um, I, I'm not talking about an endpoint here. Accessibility sure. is something we are always working on and, sure. and, and across the system. We are actually doing an audit right now of libraries across the system in terms of accessibility. Um, but here at Central Library, I know some of the initial concerns were very much about uh, the main entrance and, you know, that from, especially from the one side that, the, you know, there's a fairly they are beautiful stairs <laughs> but they, they do um, make it less accessible than it could have been. One of I mean immediately you know improved signage and uh, making sure that, that people knew where the accessible entrance was. We've also uh, been able to uh, improve the front doors so that there are um, automated uh, doors on both sides now because that, that became a real pinch point especially for people with mobility issues. Um, and then the other thing is on the west side now there is an accessible entrance as well so there's an accessible entrance on on both sides. So that's an example of something it took some time to to to, um, uh, adjust the infrastructure as it's a complicated building, it took a little time to do that, but, but we listened right away and we made sure that um, the people who were most concerned about this, that we were responding to them directly, talking with them directly, how we could do this better. Um, another example um, that people may not have even noticed this happened, but our, our self-checkout machines, the touch screens, touch screens are great, but they were too far away for someone in a wheelchair to, to reach the screen. So those have been adjusted and adjustable tables have been put on those as well. And because of that, those are now available in every library in the system. Them. So, um, so we're continuing to learn and grow in this area. Um, this building, uh, uh, as beautiful as it is, pr- presents very unique challenges precisely because of its design and because it goes over a sea drain. Um, and so, so the entrance can't quite be on the sidewalk where you know it might have been expected to be, or as it was in the old library.
0: That's a. Uh... I'm just thinking that's something that the city is going to have to think about moving forward with mm-hmm. uh, constructing buildings that are meant to be used by the public, mm-hmm. right? Cause yeah,
2: yeah, and I um uh and and certainly you know in the in the you know in the design phase I mean that is something that's always considered like it is it is definitely part of any project now. And I think that we can always do a better job in retrospect of, of making sure that, that we've, we've uh, considered every, you know, every possible um, uh, angle on this. Um, and so, uh, so I, I agree with you that, that absolutely we have learnings from this building in terms of that, um,
1: uh, and uh, and we should take those forward as we build other libraries. Yeah. So I'll call it the Central Library, as that's the, the vernacular. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. It's. A, a lot of people consider it the high watermark now for the Calgary Public Library mm-hmm. um, so the million dollar question is where do you go from here like mm. like how do you how do you end up going higher being better you know yeah. what does that look like
2: yeah, I don't see it as a high watermark. I see it as an amazing new platform to go even higher, right? So, okay. so it, it really um, uh, opening opening a central library is very exciting. But actually, for um, librarians, what's really exciting is what you get to do with that building for the next fifty to one hundred years. So, right. yeah, and so it really is about you know, um, first of all you know, it takes a little while to, to making operations as excellent as they possibly could be because there's lots to learn in the opening days and, and you know, opening months and, and into, into a year or so. So, um, so. so there's that. And so there's all that learning to do. And and, um, and I think we've done a really good job in sort of adjusting course throughout the year and, and making this library better and better. But, but then this, this building is, is built in a way with so much, so much like smartly designed space that can be flexible over time. So um, we've already seen changes in this building. So, for instance, the Indigenous Languages Resource Center becoming part of the fourth floor of this building, it wasn't even conceived of <laughs> when this building was being designed. So this building just lends itself to continued innovation and continued change over the over the long term. So I think there's just you know so much more that we could do. Now, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is over the past few years, we've focused, um, very much on our physical spaces across the system, so not only Central Library but all of our uh, all of our libraries, and you know we you know we, we did get a new website a few years ago, but I mean it's time for for that virtual space that really needs some 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 more attention as well, right? So um, not only in terms of sort of the look and feel, um, uh, libraries have very. The tr- traditional uh, approach to our websites is that they are based around a catalog of physical items, and so we know that that more and more people use the library for way more different purposes than that, right? So we want our library website to reflect that diversity of use, and also to reflect the kind of um, experience that people are now expecting in in the digital world. Um, they get those expectations from Amazon and Facebook, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, so so we want to make sure that, that we're meeting those expectations as much as possible. So really. Um, um, investing in our in our virtual services and our virtual space is is something that w- that we need to invest in over the in the, in the coming months and years. And I, I know our our um, our room booking system, which is online and is great and has you know supports about twenty five to thirty thousand room bookings a year, which is pretty amazing, um, is being revamped and, and will be relaunched within the, within days. And our program registration will be relaunched as well later this year. So
1: does that include more rooms? Ah, if <laughs> only. It's really tough to get a <laughs> booking these days. <laughs> It really is, yeah. So. It is. It's like a prayer every time. <laughs> <I'm> like,
0: <God. laughs> well, I guess
1: that just speaks to, yeah. You know, I, as as you mentioned, and, and Sylvia had asked, you know, some of the some of the the different ways that Calgarians are using the libraries mm-hmm. now. You know, uh, having that that physical space where where they can gather together.
2: Yeah, it, that's definitely true. And I, you know, the library is very much, you know, we talk about, you know, in. In theory, they often talk about the third space. That's not work and not home, but not home. But tends to be more of a commercial space. But the library really fills that need of, of um, a place where you can go, um, and you don't have to pay to get in, and you don't have to shop once you get the, once you get there, and you will find yourself in an incredibly in, enriching environment. And so that is that is very unique. And the fact that you can actually book a room in that space, and as a group of teenagers, um, you know, study after school every Wednesday, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. And, and there are just so many diverse uses of our of our rooms um, which we're really proud of i would love for there to be more rooms <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> and, <we'd> be. <laughs> yeah and uh, one of the things that uh, i've been recommending for people is to explore some of the rooms in, in other locations as right. well because we have expanded them quite a bit like country hills library went from one to four rooms oh. yeah um fish creek library we just opened another room as well so so we are we are as we um continue to to make improvements to other buildings having separate rooms for people to book is, is a priority
1: the calgary public library system has really embraced uh to a large degree some of the technology that's available but it is moving at such a rapid pace um what sort of challenges do you see in keeping up with that pace given you know uh, space constraints or given budgetary constraints Like over the next 10 years, is that going to be a big challenge, keeping up with where technology is headed? For me, the biggest challenge isn't necessarily that any
2: particular form of technology is changing, but it's rather the the pace at which and the expectation that nothing will ever remain the same for any period of time. <laughs> like, there won't be a software release, and then you get to learn it for five years, and then there's another <laughs> software release. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Right. So so, um, so as an organization, um, and I, I, I'm sure I don't just speak for the library, but every organization it needs to be very nimble in these times and be able to sort of change quickly and, and get you know staff up to, to speed quickly and get um, patrons who are using the technology up to speed qu- as quickly as possible with the changes that are coming, uh, some of which we control and some of which we don't. I also think that there's huge opportunities in terms of our use of um, uh, like artificial intelligence out there that can make our service better. Um, I know that there's lurking beneath the idea of artificial intelligence is all sorts of ideas about you know is this you know is uh, what is artificial intelligence doing in the background that we don't fully understand? And I totally get that. And that's one of the roles of libraries is to make sure that we understand that and, <laughs> and are asking that particular question. At the same time, there are very tactical uses of artificial intelligence that can help us. And so, our our, um, our chat bot, for instance, you know, can you can renew your books on, on the chat bot? So it's just it's the sort of thing that becomes a very it, where there's that sort of transactional exercise that can free us from that so that we can spend more time on more impactful activities um, is a real opportunity for us. So I I, I don't see technology as sort of a a foreboding presence in our future. I see it as um, just a a wealth of opportunities um, which can sometimes feel a little overwhelming to be sure but uh, I just think there's so so many things that we could do.
0: And you mentioned that you think that the website and other digital assets Mm -hmm. uh, could use some transformation. Mm -hmm. What does that look like?
2: So I think it looks like in terms of the user interface, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, just making sure that that's as intuitive as possible and sort of meets the expectations of of today's audience. Um, Because often we, in libraries, um, uh, have built things because we have a system in the background that has a set of rules and requirements. And that's what I was talking about earlier is where we tended to build websites built around um, an integrated library system, which is the catalog of books and patrons and all of that. So so much more uh, focus on the user interface. so that's and when you see new room booking and new program registration, that that should be um, uh, becoming more and more clear. The other um, uh, area I would say is that developing um, digital assets that that. Uh, that have the same kind of quality as our in-person experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we have invested very heavily in amazing programs in the library. Um, and I think that's drawn a lot of people to the library. But we also know that there there are people who, who aren't able to come to the library or aren't choosing to come to the library right now. And so if we can sort of, um, uh, for lack of a better word, professionalize and make even more um, uh, Elegant and, and, uh, and attractive are our digital assets. For instance, um, you know, a story time online, which of course will never quite measure up to an in-person story time <laughs> where you can actually handle said. books and play with books. But if it could be great, you know, we can draw people back into our early literacy experiences so that they can come to the library and get the full spectrum of, of what's going to make a real difference in their child's life.
0: I have one last question. Sure. So if you're a Calgarian and you don't have a library card, mm-hmm. why should you get one?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should
2: get one because the library, um, no matter what your interest may be, no matter what your current need may be, you will be surprised at what the library has to offer to you. And the library is yours. So please use it. Um, we, uh, we, we want you to uh, to be here at the library. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, thank Mark. You. I really appreciate it. Yeah, great conversation about the library. It's
0: great, thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate I really it. Appreciate
1: it. Thank you. A really great conversation with Mark. A lot of insight into where the library is headed. Uh, Sylvia, is there anything that sticks out to you uh, in what Mark had said?
0: I liked what he said about the different ways that the library is reaching people outside of its locations. So the programming that they do in schools I think is really important and an excellent way to reach young readers and find new users of the library. And I think it's probably programming that could spread to other schools and I'm looking forward to seeing what other programming that the library has in the future. There's For myself, the way that I use the library is for my freelance work and to record this podcast. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of people using the library to look for jobs and to improve their English and connect with other people. Um, It's a really good resource for newcomers to the city. And I think Mark really did a good job of explaining what the library means to a community and how it connects us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. One of the things that really stuck out to me was was that they're they're always looking to innovate and they're always looking to do more and they're always looking at, at ways that they can extend their services to Calgarians, whether that be in the Central Library here or out in the community, uh, especially in light of, of some of the budget cuts that, that he mentioned they had had. Um, but also some of the budget uncertainty that the city might have going forward for, for partners such as the public library.
0: And I think um, we all talk a lot about the new central library, as I do, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make sure to spend more time at my local library because mm-hmm. it is a great library, and it's worth visiting those outside the core as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a great conversation with Mark. Um, any final thoughts? She's shaking her head. All right. (laughs) You're not going to put that in. Yeah, I am. I'm totally going to put that in, including that part where you said you're not (laughs) going to put that in. Great. (laughs) Uh, So that's a wrap for us this month. Thank you so much for joining us on the Common Ground YYC podcast. We'll catch you next time.